Okay, good morning. And we're here at Redeeming Love Church. And just as Bill saying it's a and prayed it's an honor and privilege to have this freedom to come and to meet together and not fear for our safety or lives or whatever. But um, again, um, um, the songs that Bill sang was just uh, almost a summary of uh, the message I have. Um, the song of, of the redeemed, glory, glory, hallelujah, he reigns. And so this really is a message of the uh, song of the redeemed. And, um, and hopefully when uh, the message is finished, uh, there will be a glory, glory, hallelujah, he reigns because we have this song to sing as the redeemed. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The um, word redeemed or redemption, anybody that's been to church very much uh, will recognize those names. And it's just um, not commonly used, but... Uh, there are books written about these two words, uh, the redemption of Christ, God, our, uh, Jesus, our Redeemer, uh, songs sung, just like the one that we did this morning, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So we're going to talk about um, what these words mean, and once we get a revelation of what they mean, then we really do have grounds to sing glory, glory, hallelujah, he reigns. It's because of this redemption that we can say glory, glory, hallelujah, he reigns in my life and because I am the redeemed. So what does this word redeemed mean? That's what we're going to talk about in redemption. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, David said in Psalm 1914, uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So strength and redeemer were used right there together, and that was David. And so, um, but in the Hebrew word for redeemer means uh, that that is uh, conveys his redemption of a nation of Israel from Egyptian bondage. So it means being set free, and that uh, release from uh, Egyptian bondage is in Exodus 6, if you would like to read about that. And, uh, and then in Proverbs 2311, uh, it's speaking of the nation of Israel. And it says, for their Redeemer is mighty, he shall plead their cause with you. So that's how the Redeemer was used in the Old Testament, that, that setting, uh, setting free. And him uh, uh, standing in the gap, so to speak, for them, pleading their cause. And you may have heard of the story of uh, Ruth and Boaz. Now, Boaz was called a kinsman Redeemer. And what a kinsman redeemer did, uh, he, if he had a relative, the closest kin, uh, he would marry that relative's widow, or if that uh, uh, nearest uh, kin 
had uh, property or whatever, then he would redeem by purchasing that property. Now, that was part of the uh, law of the Old Testament. So let's go to the New Testament and see what this word redeem, redemption, redeemer means to us. Um, and some um, people even refer to, I've heard pastors talk about the gospel of redemption. And of course, gospel means good news. And so knowing about this redemption um, will give us cause to say glory, glory, hallelujah. And just like uh, Bill's song was. So, uh, and so the reason that man needs redeeming is because we go back to the Garden of Eden where uh, Adam uh, chose to yield to the spirit of disobedience. And as a result of that, uh, his glorious relationship with his creator uh, was lost. And, and man found himself in bondage uh, because of the falling away uh, from the presence of God. And he was unable to redeem himself. So from that point on, man needed a redeemer because it was God's plan to have this oneness uh, and, and fellowship with his man, and man just chose to uh, separate himself from that glorious presence, and from that point on, uh, from Genesis 3 was man's fall and having to leave the garden. From that point on, God's plan was to bring his man back into the position and condition that he is created to have with him. And so, uh, so what does it mean to, uh, the, to God to want to redeem his mankind? It means he wanted to ransom him, deliver him, rescue him, and to set him free. And so, but we can just read in John three sixteen. It said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Um, verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved, might be delivered, might be uh, protected, might be have total health, would have restoration, have prosperity, and most of all that divine communion with uh, the Father himself. So our redemption is, uh, is in the past. Uh, God uh, so loved, past tense, the world that he gave. And so God's uh, plan of redemption through Jesus Christ is a past tense thing. It is what God did for us uh, through or the result of Jesus Christ. So we're going to read in Titus. Um, I'm going to read in the King James and then the Amplified Classic Version. Now, if you all hear people, and, and anymore anybody that's that is reading out of the Amplified Classic, they uh, tell, reading from the Amplified Classic, and the reason they tell you that, if you're wondering, is that, um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, Amplified Bible was first published in its entirety in 1965. And um, it was 
uh, so many chapters were published, but the the one wholeness new uh, Old Testament, New Testament, 1965, and then the Amplified Classic was published in 1987, and this is what I'm reading from. And then, but there is a newer version, and the newer version is, um, and some of it is very different from from the classic. So I. Uh, so, like I say, a lot of times you hear people say, I'm reading that classic. So if you didn't know why they was were distinguishing, that's that's the reason you do have a choice there. Well, probably not if you don't have the original old one because it's not in public. In fact, I don't think the classic's even in print anymore. But anyway, Titus uh, 2, 13, and 14 in the King James says, uh, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our son Jesus Christ, verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. And so, and this was, this had been prophesied. That's the blessed hope that the Old Testament uh, had been looking for, and the prophecies of the Old Testament was talking about this blessed hope. Now, the Amplified Classic says in Titus 2, 13 and 14, awaiting and looking for the fulfillment, the realization of our blessed hope. That blessed hope, that expectation, even the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, Messiah, the anointed one, verse 14, who gave himself on our behalf that he might redeem us, purchase our freedom from all iniquity and purify for himself a people to be his own, People who are eager and enthusiastic about living a life that is good and filled with beneficial deeds. And so there we have this saying, that that man has hoped for has come to pass, and it came to pass through uh, Jesus Christ. And we are the redeemed uh, from all uh, iniquity. We have been... uh, uh, rescued, we've been delivered, we have been set free. Okay, now we're going to read now in Galatians 3.13 that says, Christ has redeemed, now these are past tense, he has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And that's taken from the law of the Old Testament that is mentioned in Deuteronomy 21:23, And so that hanging on a tree, cursed is all that hangs on a tree, is translated in the Greek to be uh, everyone that is crucified on the cross. So there we have it. We were redeemed from the curse of the law, Christ being made a curse for us. So there it is. He became. He paid a price that we couldn't pay to set us free. Now, the Amplified Classic says in that, Christ purchased our freedom. 
He redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. Now, I want to uh, read that uh, about condemnation was included in that redemption. And, but uh, Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So this being redeemed from the law and its condemnation is, is part of that redemption package. Now, when we hear of the law, what, what, are, you, what are we talking about? Well, we were redeemed from the law, and it says uh, these laws uh, were made to uh, keep, keep men uh, uh, in line with, with the plan of God, just like the laws of our, our nation, of our land, or if we're speeding the speed law or whatever, it's to keep us uh, into a uh, guidance uh, in whatever area. But um, the laws, uh, the Ten Commandments, when we think of the Old Testament law, we think of the Ten Commandments. But all the laws, a lot of them are listed in the book of Leviticus. There are laws of do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. If you do this, this is going to happen. Uh, and so, but all of this was self-effort. All of this of keeping the laws did not include God. It was totally a self-effort thing. And so, but the thing about that is, and I think we talked about this before, the, um, uh, the reason God let the, gave the Ten Commandments was simply to prove to man that he could not live uh, within his own ability and strength that he needed God. That goes back to the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, he knew that we would be sheep that needed guidance, that needed shepherding. And, uh, and so these laws proved to man that I can never do enough. I can never say enough, do enough, whatever, but I need your wisdom. I need your strength, Father. That's what, that's what was the reason for the laws. But the thing about the laws is, if you go to James, uh, in the New Testament, James 2.10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law, not just one, all of them, and yet offend one in one point, he is guilty of all. Now, that's King James. And so that's the thing about keeping the law. If you disobeyed in one area, you were found guilty for all of them. So that's the reason we needed setting free from the laws. And Jesus is the one that gave himself that we would uh, be set free. Okay, we're going to go to Romans now. Uh, Romans 4, uh, 25 says, who, talking about Jesus, who was d delivered up for our transgressions and was raised for our justification. So again, he was delivered up on the cross because of our sin, because of the curses of the law, but he was raised for our justification, saying it's, the justice has been served. You were, we were justified, or we were made righteous. And uh, we can go, now that's the last verse in Romans 4. And if you go down to Romans uh, 5, 1, the very next verse, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified 
By faith, we have peace with God as a result of, it says through, that means as a result of our Lord Jesus Christ. So because of that redemption, because of that being set free, because of that ransom being paid, that the law of the Old Testament laws, we were justified. Justice is served. And, and we identified that. Maybe uh, we've been uh, quickened a little bit just uh, the last year or so in our own nation. We want justice. We want what's right. We want that justice uh, to, be, to be served. And so we were, uh, because of Jesus, the sin that we are guilty of and the sin of man, just go back to uh, John 3, 16 and 17. God so loved that he gave that we would be, we would be set free. Uh, and so this justification brought uh, that we would have peace with God as a result of Jesus Christ. And that peace, remember, is completeness, soundness, wholeness. So that being set free so that we could be justified, so that we could have that completeness, soundness, wholeness that comes only through Jesus Christ. Aren't those wonderful scriptures? First uh, Corinthians 15.3 says, um, and I'm going to look that up. I've got the, the Weymouth translation, which I really like, but I'll go ahead and read King James. Um, okay, First uh, Corinthians uh, 15, 3 and 4. It says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 4. And he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Now they're talking about the prophecies all through the Old Testament even in we uh, even in Genesis, you know, it talks about, uh, talks about uh, uh, Adam and Eve and the fall and what covered their sins, and and so that these scriptures uh, il- uh, that we just read they illustrate what God did for us in His redemption for us. And, and that man needed it. We, we were separated from him. We were under the reign of the fall of Adam. And so, it, and so we should really, and I think I've mentioned this, really be conscious uh, not to give the fall more credit than we give the redemption work. So if we emphasize uh, the fall of this, the sin of this, the inability of this, the curse of this, the curse of that, if we emphasize that, we're giving Adam's fall more value than we're giving the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And so we should be conscious that we're on this side of the cross. We're on this side of being redeemed, uh, of having that redeemer uh, that only the Old Testament could dream of, uh, just couldn't even hardly imagine. I think David and Isaiah and some of them actually had that glimpse into what would be one day in their scriptures in the New Testament saying that. But we'll go on. And uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Well, what does in Christ mean? It means that you have chosen to receive Jesus Christ 
as your Lord and Savior, and you're now in union with him. You are, a, and it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ or in union with Christ, he is a new creature. And some translations say a new creation. Uh, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have come new. So it's saying that new you, that you are as a result of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ as a creation that's not existed before. It's a new creation. You're, you're not the same person. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have come, become new. And so we should be, just like uh, Bill's song said, we should uh, sing the song of the redeemed. Are we singing the song of the redeemed? Are we singing the song of the one that's still under the curse? And so we should be conscious of that. Um, and um, so this, uh, having this uh, received, this being this new creation in Christ, we're to let him reign, let him be Lord, uh, and, and us be under that umbrella of redemption, not the umbrella of the curse of the fall. Now, the next verse, which is 2 Corinthians uh, 5.18, says, And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So there's another word. It's another R word, reconciled. What does reconcile mean? God says he has reconciled. Reconcile, another word, is being restored or changed back to the original condition. You may think a restoration, maybe a furniture or something. You're trying is to get it back to the, uh, the original condition, or to be restored. So let's read that again, and thinking of reconciliation as being that, or being reconciled. And all things are of God, who has reconciled, restored us back, uh, to himself as a result of Jesus Christ, who has given us a ministry of reconciliation, or that ministry of being restored as a result of God's divine favor upon his life, uh, upon our lives. It's his favor. It's his, it's, his, his, it's his grace. You know, it's just like the saying, you know, uh, the, sa- if you, uh, the Savior is from ones that need saving. So we needed a Savior. We needed saving. And so don't ever think somebody is so bad or whatever, whatever, that they cannot be born again, cannot be saved. No, that's the reason we have a Savior. He is the one who saves. And so don't ever give up on anyone in thinking that there's no hope for that person. Um, So uh, we have these two words, redemption and reconciliation. So that redemption of being set free and reconciliation of being restored back into God's original intent for his man. So Jesus was our substitute. He was doing the redeeming. He did the reconciling uh, to us uh, to bring us back into the fellowship with the one that we were created to have fellowship with, and that's the creator of the universe, our precious, loving um, Father God. Um, if you are born again, you have a precious, loving Father God, um, 
who loves you beyond the love that we can't even comprehend. And it tells about that love. And um, Ephesians 3, it says that it's a love that passes our mind's understanding. It, goes, it just passes our mind, but our spirit can identify with that love. It was the love that was taking our place and suffering uh, in our place on the cross that we would be the redeemed, we would be ransomed, would be set free out of the authority of darkness and the power of sin and spiritual death. Now, this being restored back to, this being um, uh, set free from, is covered in the Ephesians, uh, a lot of the book of the Ephesians. So we're going to start reading at Ephesians 1, verse... Uh, well, we'll read verse 3 through 7. Ephesians 1, 3. And even in, and I just noticed this, even the little subtopic in, in uh, my King James Bible says the blessings of redemption. So, uh, and I didn't even recognize to see that until now. But anyway, uh, Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed past tense, us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now, these spiritual blessings are any blessing that the Holy Spirit can bring and apply to our lives straight from heaven. That's what spiritual blessings are. It's spirit, the Holy Spirit blessings. Uh, verse 4 says, According as he has chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we might be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So that's that, that's that uh, prophecy in the Old Testament. That's that God was predestining the time that his man will be brought back in to unity and oneness with him and be a, is adopted into, adopted of children uh, to himself, according to the will of his good pleasure. Okay, Ephesians 1, 6. To the praise and glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. We've been accepted back in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now, there is a key to our, the power of redemption. Uh, Hebrews 9.22, which is a, uh, is a quote from uh, Leviticus 17.11, uh, says, Without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. So this shedding of blood is what Jesus Christ did. He shed his blood. You know, and this, again, this is part of that predestined plan. And even back, and I think we talked about this before, but even back in Genesis, and when Adam and Eve fell, uh, they, their, their glory, his glory was separated from them. Well, they felt that, they felt that conviction of the sin. And so they went and covered themselves with leaves. And, um, of course, it was a temporary thing, of course. But, um, but God said he, it says that God clothed them with skin. 
Well, once that, that skin was for them, that meant a life had been given. That meant blood had been shed. Why? To cover their sin, recover them as a result of the sin. And so, but now, uh, covering, atonement is an Old Testament word. It means covering. And it is the Old Testament word for redemption, the New Testament word that doesn't, it, redemption is stronger than, than uh, atonement. Atonement is covering like a Band-Aid. It, it covers, it covers that wound. But uh, redemption is total restoration. Redemption is total cleansing. It's a total uh, set free from that. So it's just not covered. The sin just wasn't covered. We are set free. And so redemption is, uh, is more the New Testament word for the Old Testament word of atonement or atoning. Okay, so there we see that blood was shed for the forgiveness of sin. And so that was part of that redeeming process that, um, uh, that was necessary. Now, these, some of these words that I, I am telling you all, there are books on redemption there are books written about the blood of Jesus. And so this is just a, just a sample of, but it's just an informative sample to let you know that we are redeemed. We're not the cursed. We are to live the lives of the redeemed and that Jesus has qualified us to do it. We just have to have that identification. So we need to identify ourselves with these truths that we are redeemed, and re-redeemed because Jesus shed his blood. We are cleansed. We are set free. He was the ransom that was paid. Okay? All righty. Now, I'm going to have one more scripture. We're going to read it out of um, King James and the Amplified Classic. But I want to, um, uh, to read in Colossians 1, 9 through 14. Now, King James said, now this is a prayer of Paul to the people of Colossae. Now, God is no respecter of persons, so if this prayer was for them, then it, we can claim it for ourselves. Okay, uh, Colossians 1.9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And this is a prayer. We desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, I want us to realize that, that we may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, that spiritual understanding again, that is an understanding that the Holy Spirit can bring and, and deposit within us. Now, why do we need that? Verse 10 tells us that we might walk worthy of the Lord until all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's one reason, that we may walk uh, worthy of the Lord and pleasing to him. Verse 11 says, the second thing, that we'll be strengthened with all might, all his ability, according to his glorious power, Unto all patience with long suffering with joyfulness. 
Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So that lets you know it's not a self-qualifying thing. It is God who makes us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So in order for there to be an inheritance, there has to be a death. So Jesus died. There is his death, the death of the Son of God. Back to John 3, 16 and 17, uh, that, that he died for the world, that we may inherit this redemption, that we may inherit this reconciliation, that we may inherit his divine plan and will for our lives. Verse 14. Uh, God, who has delivered us from the powers of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That's the Old and New Testament right there. That the, he would come and deliver us from the powers of darkness, from all the curse of the laws and all the laws and laws and laws, and translated us in the kingdom of his dear son. There's that identification again. We should be identifying of living under the influence and in and conclusion with the kingdom of his dear son and not under the powers of darkness. In whom we have, verse 14, in whom we have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Okay, now, uh, I want to read that in Colossians um, 1, uh, 9 through 14 and the Amplified Classic. And I want to tell you, you can pray this for someone else. This is for you and this is for someone else. And you can put, uh, put their name in this. If it's whatever his or her need is, and we're, we'll talk through this and then wind up on this, that this is a result of the redemption we identify and have these privileges. You know how uh, uh, most of us, when you, ha you have a job, you want to say, well, I want to know what the benefits are. And the difference between two jobs would be which one has the best benefits. Well, let me tell you, we have the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God's dear son. And so you, we can identify with either. And so we want to identify with the benefits of being redeemed and being included in the family of God. You know, it just said that it was God's plan that we could be adopted into his family. Okay, now remember, you can pray this for someone else, uh, not, or not just for yourself. Verse 9 it says, that you may be filled with full, deep, clear knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. And if you know somebody that needs, that needs enlightenment, they're, they're really confused. They may not even know there is a Jesus. Or they may be raised in, uh, under the influence of something that is contrary to God's will. You pray that. Say, Father, I pray that he or she may know your will for their lives, 
that, th that they will have your knowledge and all wisdom, and they'll have understanding and discernment of spiritual things. Isn't that an awesome prayer to be to, that, you, that we have? And you can, and with the confidence of Jeremiah 1.12, said that God watches over his word to perform it. And in Isaiah 55.11, it says, No word will return to the Lord void or without effect. So when we pray this for someone, and it, it doesn't have to be a loved one. It'd be somebody you work with that you know that they do not have a relationship with the Father, and they need to know Jesus Christ. They need to know and live the life of that redemptive plan. Then you can pray this for that person. Verse 10, why do you pray that for that person? that you may walk and live and conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and discerning to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing by the knowledge of God into a fuller, deeper, clearer insight, acquaintance and recognition. Pray that for someone that they will know, they'll, they'll bear witness to the fact of the love of God that they'll want to see, they'll want their lives to please him, and they'll no longer be an instrument of the enemy. Okay, verse 11. We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory. Now, if you think that person is hopeless, you pray that that person will be strengthened according to the power of God and his glory. Pray for that strength to come in the hour of decision. If that person is, is making a decision of, of whatever it is, that he will pray that, the, that God, by his mercy and grace and favor, will strengthen that person. Verse 12 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, who has qualified, made us fit to share the portion of the inheritance of his saints, his, his holy people. So it's not our doing. It says that it's God giving thanks to the Father who has qualified, past tense, and made us fit to be that inheritance. And so it's his mercy and grace. And, and don't look at someone and say there's no hope for them. That's not true. There's always hope. And all the powers of the enemy, like I said before, don't give the powers uh, that came in on this earth when Adam fell, don't give that fallen power more credit than the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. And when you give up on someone, you're saying, well, that influence must be greater. They've done this, 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 and this. And, 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 uh, and so there's just no hope. That's not right. I uh, volunteer at a uh, a women's rehab, and the things that these girls, and I, I've done jail ministry some, and what they've been exposed to, you think, golly, there's just no hope. But that's not right. And you see their lives turned around, and their countenance even changed. You can see that that, that was that, that hardness, that they were been so deceived, and uh, uh, girls told that uh, by their mothers, I wish you had never been born. 
And that's, that's the, the first memory they have of their mother, is them repeatedly telling them, I wish you'd never be born. But these girls have that. They're free. They have received that redemptive power that came through Jesus Christ. And so we can pray the word for these people and, and lift them up to them and knowing that God watches over his word to perform it. Okay, verse uh, 13 of Colossians 1. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us in the kingdom of his dear Son. Now that's, that's the position we can have. This falling of Adam, that darkness, does not have dominion over us anymore. We have been delivered out of that dominion into the kingdom of God's dear Son, in whom we have our redemption through the blood, which means the forgiveness of sin. And I told you we would quit on that, but right quickly, let's go over, just turn your page over. Well, most of you aren't, aren't turning pages. I am. But go to Colossians 2, um, 15. And it says, uh, this is, I'm still having my Amplified Bible open. God disarmed the principalities and powers that was uh, ranged against us and made a bold display public example of them and triumphant over them in him and on the cross. So there, the, he disarmed these powers that are keeping people in bondage. That's keeping their, and you may say, well, they're so deceived. Well, they don't know the truth because where there's truth, there's no need for deception. So they're just deceived for one reason or the other. And so uh, this, these, but these, we have been transferred from the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son, in whom we have redemption through the blood. And so um, that's what Bill's song said. It says that the, let the song of the redeemed, and once we know we're redeemed, we can sing glory, glory, hallelujah. And so really the three songs that he sang sort of summarized the whole message. And so that's, that's our position. That's who we are. And, and, don't, and just, but let's not get comfortable who we are and neglect to pray these prayers, to pray this word over the people that don't know the freedom that you know. And unfortunately, a lot of the church, a lot of the born-again people, actually don't know that they're redeemed from these things. Uh, salvation to them is just fire insurance, and that's all. But now they don't know the, the blessings that Jesus Christ has qualified us for. So precious Jesus did a perfect work for us, and he is now doing a perfect work for us by forever interceding for us. It's, he's doing that today. He's doing that right now. And so we can come on behalf of ourselves or someone else, and we know that Jesus is that intermediary at the right hand of the Father, and he's hearing that cry of, of our need or whatever, and that's Hebrews 7.25, by the way. Jesus is forever uh, making intercession for us. 
And so we have, and that person you uh, feel like needs him, they have that person that Jesus is still interceding for them. He wants to be that intermediary. So pray the word of God for yourself and for others so that that gives Jesus something to, to have to take to, the very, to take to the throne of God on your behalf or someone else's behalf. And it can't be too little or too big. We have been praying for our, uh, our, uh, our granddaughter to have uh, the right job. And so, and, and, but God cares about that. And he, he'll work miracles. He'll turn situations around. Now, uh, so if, if it's, let's just say it is a job. Well, you don't want a job that's not your appointed job. Because if it's not your appointed job, then you're in the place where somebody else is supposed to be. You're not only out of your place, but you're keeping someone else from being in their place. And so it can't be too little that God won't go ahead and change circumstances. Now, he's not going, if he changes a circumstance on your behalf, let's go back to the job, and somebody's transferred or whatever, whatever, he will, he will not demote that person. It will always be a promotion for that person because that person is being moved, elevated for you to come in and take your place. Now, that's how thorough, that's how God wants to manifest himself. And like I say, it can't be too little and it can't be too big that he is not more than enough. So, uh, so praise God for his word. Father, we do thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word that you do watch over to perform it. We thank you for precious Jesus, our redeemer. We thank you for that glorious plan uh, for redemption and that Jesus Christ yielded uh, to the cross and to accomplish that for us. And so, Jesus, we just thank you right now for your obedience to the cross. And so, Father, we ask you that you will enlighten us as your inheritance. We are your inheritance. You inherited us. We inherited Jesus. And you inherited us to live the finished work of Jesus through us. And so we thank you for that, Father. We are so humbled, so humbled, humbled, humbled to thank that you could use us uh, on this earth to, to be glorified in any way. But that's your plan, and it's you. It's nothing of us. It's you. And so we thank you for all the blessings that's ours because of this redemption. In Jesus' name, we praise you, we praise you, and we praise you for the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if there is anyone out there that doesn't know that you have a Redeemer, you do have a Redeemer, and it's a done deal. All we have to do is uh, to uh, let go of the past and not let the be deceived by what the enemy says. We'll never be any good. We'll never amount to anything or you've done too much, or you've done too little, or you said too much, or you haven't said enough, or whatever. Uh, he is a liar. The devil's a liar and a deceiver. There's no truth in him. But it, the Holy Spirit can cause us to want to know him. And so if you ever feel that, yield to that. It's the most powerful source on this earth, is that redeeming power of Jesus. And you just have to ask him to come in. 
So, Father, we just thank you for anyone that may be listening that needs you. We thank you that you are the answer. We thank you that they are already the redeemed. They just have to, to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and come unto him uh, that live their lives as a result of his presence. So we thank you for this glorious plan, and we thank you, Father, for your, your loving us. We thank you that that is a love that is unconditional. You'll never stop loving us. Nothing we do is greater than your love for us, and we just thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.